What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Cranberry Radio. I'm your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Um, just a reminder, you can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or you can download episodes at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. We have a very special episode today. We're going to be talking to Josh Pollock, and he's going to be sharing some of his tips for maximizing form engagement by using visitor delighting usability techniques, lead boosting conversion rate optimization, best practices for data management on forms, and critical email deliverability tips. If you guys don't know Josh, you're going to get a treat here today. You're going to get to know him. Josh is a fixture in the WordPress community, and his company, Caldera Forms, um, helps WordPress users add valuable forms to their WordPress sites. Josh, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks for having me. Uh, That was almost too kind. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't think it was kind enough, Josh. I I think. Okay, uh, be nicer to me then. Your impact to the community is, is felt by a lot of people, and you know I think the point of view you have on how people optimize their forms, um, we really do a lot of people uh, listening a lot of good. Um, and we're going to jump into your interview, Josh, here in a second, but first I wanted to do a little housekeeping. Um, for those of you that have been following along, this is the second episode of Press This and the revival since the show was on pause Um, starting back in around 2011. In the last episode, we actually set the stage for the future 
by interviewing Stephen Word, um, uh, WordPress core contributor. He's also a developer here at WP Engine about the WP or the WordPress community, how it's structured, and that really set the framework for what we're going to talk about in the future. Um, one of the other things we're going to do in this show is we're, we want to bring you information from around the WordPress community. So you can use the show as an excuse or a resource for keeping up with news and WordPress. And to do that, we're going to be creating a very special segment. And it's going to be featuring someone that you may know already from the WordPress community. If you don't know, you're not paying attention. And that is Torque Mag's uh, contributor, uh, Doc Pop. Doc, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So uh, for those of you that don't know Doc, he contributes to the Torque magazine, which is an online publication focused on the WordPress community. Um, Torque covers everything from like how-tos to industry news, uh, events covering things like WordCamps, uh, developments and advancements in WordPress core, all kinds of other things like that. And so Doc, you're pretty, pretty cued in to what's happening in WordPress. Um, so from your perspective, what has been going on in WordPress uh, in the community in general uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, to kind of cue us up for what future news drops will look like? Oh, sure. Well, um, well first off, uh, Torque Magazine is an online WordPress uh, journal. Uh, it's uh, sponsored by WP Engine, and we talk about uh, WordPress news, community events, uh, lots of tutorials. We even do a weekly cartoon, uh, editorial cartoon that, uh, that I get to draw and uh, the weekly news drop, which is just sort of a roundup of one of the things that I found was particularly interesting. And usually these are like two minutes long, they're on YouTube, uh, and they're also gonna be on Press This from now on. So I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Uh, so recent episodes that we did, um, last week we covered, uh, let's see, the, the net neutrality day, the slowdown day. Um, the, uh, the big hype that day was going to be that the uh, net neutrality protest of 2017 was going to be the largest online protest in history. And uh, I, I was actually really disappointed with how it turned out, um, not from uh, Battle for the Future side. They did a great job. They still got millions of emails and calls to the FCC. Um, but from Google and Facebook and the, the giants of tech, um, the headlines that day were all like, even on NPR, they were all like, uh, expect to see protests everywhere you go. And in the end, like Facebook just wrote like a, a well, Zuckerberg wrote just one one post on his on his personal page about it. Google didn't have anything on their front page. Um, Reddit had a cute little GIF on the top left hand corner about it. But when you clicked on that GIF, it just took you back to Reddit. It didn't tell you anything. So um, so I, I just put up an episode last week about um, uh, big companies dropping the ball on net neutrality. And I even heard from some of the battle for the future, uh, guys saying that they, they agreed with me, but hopefully, um, this future, this, this battle is not over yet. It's going to be a long the battle. WordPress community, you know, you guys posted about this on Torque, mm -hmm. and, and we, you know, a lot, I know a lot of site owners and, and developers kind of like net neutrality and align with those principles. Was it a lot of comments Were were people in the WordPress community interested in it? Did it seem to fall flat? Like, what did you think the response from the WordPress community was for well, net neutrality? I think for the whole day of protest, uh, the WordPress community um, happened to do the best job largely because of a really wonderful plugin that was made. Um, Automatic made that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so. I mean, it was it was totally free of branding. It was just a, just really nice to use plugin that uh, would overlay over your site and put a nice message up there. And it wasn't just like a, a vague message. It was uh, a phone number, uh, a way to call through your browser, a way to drop the email. Uh, so I, I don't have any statistics. I, I'd love to find out from anyone at Automatic 
uh, and do a follow-up, but uh, we had a, a version of this plugin on our site. Boing Boing had it up. Uh, I, th I think WordPress killed it, uh, mostly because of the ease of just installing this plugin and also how how prominent it was. Well, that's really good to know, and, and thanks for those insights, Doc. And just to remind everybody, Doc will be joining us uh, semi-regularly for the Doc Drop Doc Pop News Drop, if I can say that right, and uh, giving us more insights and news from around the community and advancements in WordPress core. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thanks for today. having me, Dave. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and jump in with Mr. Josh Pollock and talk about optimizing forms. How can we get more leads? How can we help our business grow? How can we approach forms in meaningful and impactful ways? Um, so Josh, thanks again for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, so if I could give a two second answer, because uh, I talk to people all the time who are building forms, I'd say, keep it simple. Don't ask too much and, uh, you know, make sure your emails are in your, your emails are going to send and your data is going to go somewhere useful to you and your customer. Oh, that's a really good way to summarize your philosophy. So are we done now, Josh? Did you just give all your tips? Yeah, I'm going to go to lunch. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I think we could dive in a little more, but that's a good kind of orienting philosophy. Um, you know, I, I personally like to do that with, with strategy. It's like, how can I boil it down in just a couple of sentences so that it makes sense and works as a governing principle? Um, so that's really good to hear. So I'm, I'm curious, um, what is your WordPress origin story, Josh? How did you get involved with WordPress? How did you touch it for the first time? And, and what role was it playing in your life or your career at that time? Oh, so I was in grad school for environmental studies. Um, at like a very hippie college. So obviously I was writing a blog about, you know, being a nerd and um, I needed to like solve some problem that I Googled the solution for that uh, I couldn't do on wordpress.com. So I got, you know, a bad shared WordPress hosting account um, and started hacking away on a self-hosted um, WordPress site using their blog, um, you know, and I found that hacking themes was really fun, but I couldn't make things look good, right? That's not my specialty. Uh, so I got into plugin development from there and luckily enough ended up working for the pods framework for a while and that led to starting my own company to do WordPress plugins, uh, Caldera Forms. Okay, so, so self-taught in a sense, it was a tool that helped you accomplish things. And, and that was the catalyst for you that, that got you thinking more about developing in WordPress and making solutions for it. Is that a good summary of that? Yeah, I just wanted to write a blog and turned out I didn't really want to write a blog, but I really liked uh, playing with the thing that I made the blog with. That's cool. Yeah, content creation, I think, can be a lot more challenging than writing code, that's for sure. So, yeah, I came back around to it eventually, but I came back around to it eventually and found that I like to write about writing code a lot. But that was after I met this community and was able to learn something and learn that I had to give that back through writing about it. That's a great statement. Have to give that back. You know, a lot of people, when they think of the community, they think about it, rightfully so, as a resource that can support them. But it's not a resource that supports you unless you support it back. Not to say that anyone's spiteful or, or you know, tit for tat, but rather that, you know, your role in the community is to contribute and support it. And through that, you get the support you need. Um, sounds like you agree with that, maybe, Josh. Yes, strong agreement. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you had worked for pods for a while and then you decided to build 
Caldera. Am I pronouncing it correctly? I, it's one yes. of those words I see printed a lot and rarely pronounce out loud, but Caldera. So um, how did you, how did you, you know, why did you decide to make a plugin solution that, that created forms? Um, you know, there's a lot of form plugins out there. What made you think that, that yours was the one that was going to maybe be different than the others or solve a problem in a unique way? I thought it was different. So I met some people through pods, lots of great people working on pods. Um, and one of the people who came along was David Kramer, who was working on a plugin uh, called Caldera Forms. And I wanted to check it out because I really liked what he was doing in pods in terms of contributing user interface stuff. And I really liked his plugin. I liked that it was drag and drop in the editor. It's kind of like a page builder almost. You know, you break up your grid into columns and rows and drag text field, select field, different fields into there. I like that it was all live and dynamic. And I like that it was responsive. Solved a problem for something I was working on. Uh, we ended up teaming up to build plugins. Uh, from there. Awesome. So is that drag and drop kind of DIY experience um, in a sense um, that kind of drew, uh, drew you to Caldera, correct? Yes. For me, it was that I am a backend developer. So I had everything I needed at the time, but I couldn't build something that felt like a web app in the front end. I couldn't build at the time something that was super responsive and just worked and I could get running in a few minutes. So I was really attracted to that and that style of making plugins, which seemed very different from what was happening at the time. Understood. Yeah. And I know that more and more people have thought about those kind of experiences and how to make them easier for the user, which is great. Um, but you're right. In the past, that hasn't always been true. Um, so that's good to, good to learn. So um, we're going to jump into the rest of the questions in a minute. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. 
Let's press forward with more Press This only on Cranberry.fm. Awesome. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast here on Cranberry Radio. We are interviewing Josh Pollock of Caldera Forms, and he's telling us all about how we're going to optimize our forms uh, to improve our business, improve our leads, and be better at form management. Josh, welcome back. So my next question is regarding accessibility. This is a common topic people talk about with form optimization. They'll rattle off 20 best practices. Um, so, so maybe you could give me uh, maybe highlights of maybe your top five or so tips for accessibility with forms. And then what I'm even more curious about, though, is what is the one or two things, though, that people overlook with accessibility that can actually have a big impact on their overall conversion rate? Is there something missing that a lot of people miss when they address accessibility with forms um, that can have an even broader impact to conversion rates? So I think a lot of people miss accessibility. Yeah, I've given a WordCamp talk that's similar in topic to what we're talking about today, and I point out that part of the, that I was in you know, and I could just do this reliably because we have this as, these as laws in the United States that people can enter even if they can't use stairs. And many websites don't have that consideration. So many websites say, hey, if you can't use, if you can't read the screen, with, then you're done. You can't use our form. You can't do business with us. I think people miss that to begin with. They use tools that didn't think about this, right, that were designed with screen readers in mind, weren't um, thought through with uh, other types of assistive devices, right? They don't allow you to navigate properly with tab. They don't have the right ARIA tags. They might not, you know, have the right color contrast for those people with um, color blindness. People just miss all of this. They test in seven browsers. They don't test with a screen reader. Uh, and that's a problem both in terms of helping people with disabilities but following the rules of proper semantic HTML means that it's more readable by any type of machine. And so when I say a machine, I don't just mean an assistive device. I mean a bot. For example, Google, right? Um, Bing, these sorts of bots, they require semantic HTML. So accessibility becomes about helping people with disabilities, but also helping your site be discovered properly by web crawlers. The other thing people miss is translations. If your target audience speaks one of three languages, you're not accessible to two of them if you're only available in one language. So having an easy way to switch your forms language out is another key uh, part that I think a lot of people miss. That's interesting. I've, I've never personally heard of someone lump in localization with accessibility, but but certainly it makes sense, right? You have um, different members of your audience who have different needs for communicating and language was part of that as well as other accessibility um, focused elements of your forms or web page. Yeah, I like to think about it in terms of writing good HTML. We think about it as this bonus too often. In some plugins you have to add an extra add-on plugin for accessibility. I like to think about our job as web developers and people making websites is to put HTML that's correct on the page. It's such an interesting point. You know, in the SEO world, one of the tips people will, will, will give is make your site accessible and you will make it friendly for search engines, right? Screen readers must read things in a structured hierarchical way. 
And if you're coding your page in that way, the bot itself, of course, must interpret the page in the same way. So by being accessible, you by definition, most of the time are being SEO friendly. And I think it seems like there's also this indirect effect of having properly coded forms um, also will help prevent errors from cross-browser functionality, right? In other words, if you have clean HTML, then you're more likely to work in more scenarios. Would you agree with that? Is that part of how you also think about this? Yeah, one, I, I agree strongly. One of the things that makes my life crazy is obviously cross-browser issues. Somebody says, hey, I have this problem, and I say, I don't see it, what browser are you in? And then I go to 17 other browsers and try and figure it out. The, the less cute we get, the less likely that's going to happen. And that's a challenge for developers. You want things to look cool, but the more you stick to standards and the more you use, find tools to stick to standards, don't change the role of a, an element. You know, use, a, use a link when it's a link, use a button when it's, it functions as a button, the more likely that every browser is going to behave the way you expect it to. Okay, so there's an impact from accessibility just indirectly in the sense of the functionality of the form as it relates to semantic, well-structured HTML. And then there's certainly the impact from um, you know, being a good citizen and helping those um, with uh, special accessibility needs. And then finally, the, the kind of cascading effect of not being able to serve those customers and, and, you know, and, and generate revenue from that um, because you don't support that. So that, those are pretty big impacts from accessibility other than just serving um, one segment of visitors. Yes. So my next question, you know, we, we talked about, of course, accessibility and, and its role in getting people to fill out uh, forms and, and do that successfully, which, of course, can add to the, the bottom line of the business. But outside of accessibility, what are your top two um, uh, tips or, or philosophy on conversion rate optimization in form? Like you hear all kinds of tips, right? Make your button orange or um, call, do the call to action, contact us or, or reach out. And, and there's all these specific tips and there's a, there's a big world of them. But how do you fill down on that or, or your two big observations on, on conversion rate optimization when it comes to forms? So I'm going to give the obvious answer because I think it's important. But then I want to back up a step from that. One is complexity. There's a lot of research out there that says just the more fields you have, the lower your conversion rate, but also the types of fields, the more complicated the field type. So people will fill out a lot of single line text fields, but big drop downs uh, seem to drop conversion rates. And that makes sense. It's a lot more cognitive work to figure out a list than just to type something. Uh, so the simplicity of your form is a... Uh, a very important part, and you can start to think of one big form, start to bring, build it in a relationship. Use it as lead generation. Get the minimal amount of information, qualify the lead, and then maybe send them additional forms. Don't try and do it all at once. Because the research says complex forms to try and do it all, people don't fill them out. You get really low conversion rate. And you've been, you've been shocked by this before there, right? You've seen a big complex form that had a really high conversion rate, I'm guessing. So, so how do you, do you, do you, have you seen that? Do you, and then how do you reconcile that? So here's my second point, is that don't skip the discovery phase. I talk with a lot of people who are DIYers. You know, they're the person in their business or the only person in their business you know, who's been tasked with making a website or they're a solo web agency by themselves as a freelancer. And so 
they tend to rush through and they just start building a forum to solve a problem without figuring out who are the stakeholders, what are the things that you need out of this forum, and that leads to having just tons of stuff in there without putting through what's the customer's need, what's the business's need, do we need this now, how complicated is this? You just keep building a form, building a form without thinking it through and you know, you end up with all this unnecessary complexity as a result. And I think that can be said about a lot of web projects, but especially with forms, if you skip that discovery phase, you're asking for trouble later. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And I like the critical eye towards, do we need that, right? The more, I've experienced this myself, the more stakeholders you have in a project, the more specs you have. And the form, I could totally see that cascading into dozens of fields that may not be necessary for what you're trying to accomplish as part of uh, them filling out the form. So that, that's a really good tip. So I do have some more questions for you. We're going to take one last break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Circle. Let's press forward with more Press This only on Cranberry.fm. Awesome. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast here on Cranberry Radio. I'm interviewing Josh Pollock, and we're talking all about form optimization. Josh, we're going to jump right into the next question data management and forms. This is a big, big deal to anyone that's paying attention. How do I manage all this data I'm collecting in the forms? You know, you've had, you know, things like the Panama Papers and, and other issues um, of people using forms in, in ways that might have caused data management issues. Um, there's, of course, even uh, locality issues with different data retention laws in different countries. So what are your thoughts on data management as it relates to form uh, submissions. 
So this is another thing where I can almost give a very similar answer as I gave to the last one, which is don't skip the discovery phase. So before you start installing things on and building forms in your form plugins, think about what data do we need? What do we need to do with it? So do we need to send an email? Do we need to generate a spreadsheet, generate a PDF? Do we need to integrate with a CRM? There's tons of things. Do we need to save it forever? Do we really just need it for a second? These are discovery uh, factors that should get thought of before you start. Then, yes, security, totally. You know, the perfect WordPress plugin in terms of security still has a vulnerability in terms of you give the wrong person admin access or your site gets hacked for admin. The right? user's the weakest point, right? <laughs> right. And so, but you have to make a WordPress plugin that says the admin can view data or, you know, set up your host so the admin can access my uh, MySQL database. So you have to ask having it there in MySQL. Is it worth, you know, in your WordPress database? Is that a value to you? Is it a value to you to give it to MailChimp, to give it to Salesforce, right? They're going to give you a lot of value back, but it's another way in which you have to worry about the privacy concerns of your, uh, your users. And so I yeah. always answer these in terms of, well, what do you need? What are the stakeholders in your organization? And what do you need to do with that data? And what level of risk are you able to accept, I suppose, on wherever you're storing that data? Um, so, right. So if I'm storing it locally in WordPress and the database versus pushing it off to MailChimp and acting as a transient, um, then that has different risk profiles, right? So Caldera, um, I'm assuming has, I'm sorry, I don't know the platform that well, but I'm assuming has integrations to push form submissions to places like HubSpot and MailChimp and so on and so forth. Is that true, Josh? Yeah, so by default, we save everything in, da in database tables. It says checkbox to turn that off. Some people don't want that, that's fine. We have a free processor uh, called Save to post type at Caldera. It's part of Caldera custom fields. It lets you create posts with custom fields. Some people, that's a better structure for how they want to use it. Right, that goes into the discovery phase. People say, "How am I going to get this data?" And I really have to ask them, "Well, how do you want to use it?" Sometimes our default storage is best for that. Sometimes it's better to put it in in post types, and that's an option with the plugin uh, for free. Uh, also, we do integrate with Mailchimp. We have different CRM integrations. We also have Zapier and other ways just to do whatever you want with it, a lot of people like. Uh, and we also have a thing called Caldera Forms Pro, which is brand new to us. We launched it last month. And it mainly handles sending the email, so designing it, making sure it's delivered. And it also does keep the form data there so you can view it in one place for if you have multiple sites, it puts it all in one easy place. Okay, that's good to know. So then I, I guess if we think about data management for a minute, what we're collecting and why, this kind of daisy chains into my next question, which is what things can people do with the forms they create to help ensure their email deliverability further down the funnel? Like how do I make sure, what can I be doing in my forms to make sure that later when I actually contact these people, that they get my emails and that I'm not, you know, flagged as a spammer and have issues with deliverability later on. So this is the number one most complicated part of my life. 
that I didn't know was going to happen when I got into form builders. And I always kind of thought like, ah, email works. That was sort of a second guess to me. I had used, not not worked on really high traffic sites. I'd used really high quality uh, WordPress hosts and this hadn't been a problem for me. Then I got 10,000 users and found out this was a nightmare. Then we got like 80,000 users and we found this was a big problem. And that's why we created Caldera Forms Pro because I literally don't have time to answer all of the technical uh, parts of this. Setting up your DNS to make sure it doesn't get sent to spam. Setting up like an SMTP server, which is something that always confused me. These things are really complicated. So we wanted to make that super easy with Caldera Forms Pro for us in our plugin where you just put it and click a button, install this plugin, sign up for the subscription and it just kind of works. It takes over for you. Um, so that's a big thing for Caldera Forms that's different. If you're not using Caldera Forms, I always recommend using some sort of service like SendGrid or Mailgun and uh, making sure that your domain is set up uh, with SPF records, DKIM records. Um, I've done it Let's, a lot. I got bored with it. So. All right. Gotcha. 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 That's good to know. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, if uh, folks wanted to dig in and, and do a deep dive on that, certainly they could Google all those words you just said and replay the recording. Um, SendGrid, of course, a great solution. Um, but for the non-technical listeners, you know, they might have to dig in a little bit. But I guess Caldera, of course, does a lot of that by default. So yeah, that was the idea behind Caldera Forms Pro is that's a pain in the ass. So we just wanted to give you a way to solve it. Awesome. Well, Josh, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. You've really shared some valuable tips and we're at the end of our, um, but first off, I really wanted to thank you for joining us for the interview uh, on the podcast. Remind people that if you want to connect with Josh, Josh, do you mind if I read your Twitter handle out? It's kind of too late. I've already entered it here. It's at Josh412. Okay, great. You announced it, which is even better. And then uh, you can check out Caldera Forms at calderaforms.com. Um, again, Josh, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Press This WordPress community podcast on Cranberry Radio. Um, we'll be releasing an episode next Tuesday. Subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or download episodes at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.